tonight we ask, oh God, that you'd speak, you reveal, you empower, and more than anything, that our faith will grow stronger, that our love for Jesus will grow deeper, and that our hunger for God and for His presence will be forever a longing in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. You may take your seats. How good has the Vision Sunday's been? I want to encourage you, if you haven't heard Pastor Mark's message yet, download it on our podcast, EmergeChurch.life, on YouTube, on our church website. The vision for 2023 is fruitfulness. Okay, I have to do it. Amen. You know, 1st of January 2023, I always ask God for a word for the year. And I woke up the 1st of Jan 2023 with the word advancement. And I thought, oh, yeah, that goes so well with already the word that, we, that Mark got in November about this year. And I believe God is calling us as individuals. He's calling us corporately as the church to advance. You know, the Christian life is described in many terms, but nearly more, probably more described than anything, it's described as progress, that we progress that we advance, how fitting it is with the word that has been spoken about fruitfulness. Our highest goal as believers should be to bear fruit, more fruit, much fruit, everlasting fruit. You know, Mark referred to this scripture that we're going to read from this this morning. He referred to it. And I want to go a little bit deeper because I believe there's so much more in this word. I believe that every time you read the word, the Holy Spirit brings new revelation out of it as well. And so we're going to read from John chapters 15 verses 1 to 8 in the New King James Version. I am the true vine. That's Jesus. These are the last words that pretty much in the last weeks that Jesus was on on earth. And I always remember when my last three months with my dad back and forth, I I took note of the words that he spoke to me. You say, Nina, I want you, Nina, remember, Nina, you know. And I remember this is words from Jesus and this is what he's saying. I am the true vine and my father is a vine dresser. So God is a farm owner. This passage of Scripture, we are going to get through it. This passage of Scripture, it really resonates to me because I grew up in an Italian home and whoever you know is an Italian has vineyards. Yeah. And we used to have not one vineyard, which was massive, but lots everywhere because my dad loved grapes and he loved making wine. He never got drunk. I never saw him drunk. He liked his wine. And uh, so he says that God is, my father is a vine dresser, where I became the vine undresser in our home. So it was my job to strip the vine after its season of the leaves, of the dead shriveled grapes, right? And then I was in training to prune the vine, to prune 
the vine. And my dad taught me, and honestly, I made like not a very good job of it, but I got good with practice. Verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit." So you will be my disciples. This scripture tells us so much what we need to know about being fruitful. There are four types of followers of Jesus that we see in this passage. Every branch, we see number one, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So we see that every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So we see there are no fruit bearers because he prunes them and he takes them away. They bear no fruit, so he takes them away. This tells us that there are people who follow Jesus, who, who serve Jesus, who tick the box and they go to church and they have their self-evaluation. Yes, I, I went to church this week. I'm good with God. God's good with me. We are good together. We are good. But they bear no fruit. They go back home. They go and do, along their duties and do those things. But they bear no fruit. Sure, you, they're going to go to heaven doesn't mean because they bear no fruit, they're not going to go. They're good people, but they just bear no fruit. No one can eat from their life. There's nothing to eat from. Mm, Very sad for a person who loves fruit. Okay, who loves eating. We see they're a disciple of Jesus but no one can come to them and eat from them. I believe that God wants to help us be bearers of fruit. Number two, we're getting through this pretty quick. Number two, then it goes on to verse two and it says this, and every branch that bears fruit. Oh, so there is branches that bear fruit. And there are some branches that only bear about this much fruit. It's still fruit, not much, but it's fruit. So there are some branches that bear fruit. These people have some fruit in their lives. Some people can eat from their fruit because they got some fruit. These are some fruit followers of Jesus. They're good. They're all right. We can get something from them, but not much but we can eat something. It's not much, it's, it's some, right? 
Then we see number three. He continues on that verse two. He says, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. More fruit. Oh, there's more fruit. There's, that's good. That's more fruit. That's okay. I can eat. People can eat from a more fruit branch that's bearing. This is good. There are followers of Jesus who are producing more, right? They can bear more fruit. This is a nice plate of fruit that we can eat from. So we have no bearing fruit Christians, followers of Jesus. Then we have some fruit bearing Christians, okay? Then we have more fruit bearing Christians. That's good. I can eat a bit from them. All right. Some people can be satisfied with just this, but this is not much. It's really in comparison to what God has for us and what He wants to do through us. Some people can be satisfied with this, as I said. It's all I need. It's a good plate of fruit. It's more fruit, right? But that's not all that God has for us. Number four, verse three to five says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me bears much fruit. That's pretty good. Yeah. So it's much. This will go around to probably about five rows, maybe. But it's much. It's enough fruit. It's much fruit. You know, this is good. This is good. And this is verse 7. Then it goes on to say that, we can bear fruit that remains, which is everlasting fruit. And this is what God has for us. He has everlasting fruit. And I couldn't fit it all in the bowl because it's out the back as well, because it's everlasting. And this sort of fruit gets passed around to all over the people in the church. And some get some, some get two lots, some get like, one big fat one. And this is what happens is everlasting fruit just keeps going, Jay, going, 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 everlasting, forever, ongoing, never stops. That's for the baby, Yovana. Because you and I have much fruit to give out that God has. Yeah, everlasting fruit. This is God's desire for us. God doesn't want us to live a Christian life with no fruit. Not some fruit. Not much more fruit. Oh, he wants much fruit's good, but everlasting fruit's even better. We are saved, but no one can see that when we have no fruit. No one can eat from us. 
No one can come to us in a time of need because we have nothing to offer. We're fruitless. Jesus died. He gave you everything. He gave us everything that we need to live a fruitful life. So how do we go from no fruit to more fruit, to much fruit, to everlasting fruit? Number one is abiding. Abiding. It's everything. No fruit can come without abiding. It's step number one. Fruit will always take on the nature of the tree. An orange tree will always produce oranges, not lemons, because it takes on the nature of the tree. God says in this passage in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. We can never have everlasting fruit unless we abide in him. You know, in these 11 verses, Jesus says the word abide 10 times. Do you reckon he's trying to send a message? I think he's trying to get the point across. If we abide, we get to experience God and all that he has for us. To produce fruit, we need to stay connected to the source, to the vine owner, the farmer, God, stay connected to God is the only way to bear fruit. Then he says this, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing. You know, the Greek original word of translated to abide means to hang out, to stay around. I love Mondays. You know why? I get to hang out with Mark. I do. I love, I look forward to Mondays. I look forward to Sundays. But I look forward to hanging out with Mark. Where you hang out is where you abide. Jesus says, when we abide in him, we will increase in our fruitfulness. You know, when a woman gets pregnant, Yovana and others, which I'm not allowed to say, When a woman gets, not me, definitely not me. <laughs> Just thought I better throw that out. When a woman gets pregnant, there is an umbilical cord that connects the baby with the mother. And the baby takes the nutrients from the mum. And that's all it needs to be able to grow. Okay? Because there's no breakage in the umbilical cord, the connection in the connection to the mother and the baby, the baby begins to grow. And what you will notice is the mother's tummy will begin to grow because the baby is growing. And if it doesn't get that connection, then what will happen? If there's a kink in the umbilical cord, there would be shrinkage of life because it's not getting the nutrients, not getting the sustenance that it needs. It's an ongoing connection with the mother that keeps the baby growing and makes the baby more fruitful. And that's what God desires, that we are with him 
that we abide, that we have that connection with him. God just doesn't want us to visit him in the morning. Hi, God, can you make sure that I get a car park when I go to the city tonight, today? He doesn't want the verse of the day, even though that's good. Hey, he wants us to hang out. So when we're driving to work, you know, God, praying the Spirit or talking to God. At lunchtime, we're, we're meditating on God. In the breaks, we're thinking of God. That's hanging out. He wants us to hang out, to be plugged in all day long. Number two. Oh, this is the hard one. I was going to bring them with me, but I said, no, it's too confronting. Be pruned. More fruit is always visible after a prune. When I used to prune our vineyard, or when I used to prune, I recently did a lemon tree at home, when I would prune our peacherine tree at home, and when I would prune my roses, I had standard, I had 30 roses in my garden at home, and I would prune them. And people literally will walk past and go, are you sure that that's going to survive? And I go, you come back. You come back at summertime and I'll give you a rose. Like, because they just bloom. So many roses would come. When I'd prune my peacherine tree, I'd have hanging branches, so much peacherines that they would break the branches so much, even with giving them away. And this is what God does with us. This is what this passage is talking about. Because he wants to, for our lives to produce much fruit, sometimes it's a hard time where he prunes. You know, I read this great quote, fruit is the visible expression of the invisible work that God is doing in our life. And it's so true. Fruit is a visible expression of the invisible work that God is doing in our life. Internal fruit is always displayed externally. Pruning is painful. It's when the Holy Spirit brings conviction. He challenges us. He may remove people out of your life that stop you from going. He may say that relationship's not good because it's, it's taking all your nutrients and you're dying you know, there's, and I used to have them on my peacherine tree. There's a, a, um, a branch, and they're called suckers. And they're usually found at the base of a vine, base of the branch, base of the trunk, base, base of uh, generally a trunk. And what they do, they're literally, they're like just a, a branch. It's like a stick. It's got no leaves. It's got no buds, Right? It's got no, it's got life, but it's got nothing, no fruit, that, no fruit whatsoever, nothing. But what it's sneakily doing, it's sucking nutrients from the tree. And so sometimes God goes, like, the only way to get fruit is you need to cut the suckers out. <laughs> Do you have any suckers in your life? You need to, you need to cut them off. Because they're taking from you, not giving anything back. So if you've got a sucker hanging on, get rid of the sucker because they're taking 
away from you. God wants us to deal with internal rotten fruit. You know, I have an apple that's been sitting in my fridge for many, many months. It's quite rotten, it's quite mouldy. I've hoped no one threw it out, sort of hid it in the back for purpose of this illustration, not because I like keeping rotten fruit in my fridge. <laughs> and I'm sure that if I was to come, Vocky, and give you that, you would just go, <laughs> eh, no thanks. <laughs> no one would want to eat from this. Even though you see there's rotten there, it's actually gone right through because that's what a rotten fruit does. It eats itself. So we need to detox. We need to, we, we can't even, I can't even remedy, I can cut that bit off, right? But there's still going to be a brown bruising inside of it because it goes right through. So you have, if you haven't forgiven someone, this is a year to forgive. If you've got an addiction, this is the year that God wants to help you break through. If you've got something in your life that has been hanging on, a sucker, you've been going to, doing, pressing, watching, looking, entertaining, you've got to cut it off, right. sucking from you. God says, I can't, I can't, I can't pour into you when you're pouring out here. It stinks too. God does an inner work in us by pruning us so we can produce more fruit, everlasting fruit. It's the same way as followers of Jesus. When we bear fruit, it's a sign that we are internally and spiritually healthy and externally strong. Galatians 5.22 to 23 says, but the, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all that its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit, which is self-control. This is the evidence that the internal fruit is being outworked in an external fruit. We got love. We display the fruit of love and kindness and gentleness and meekness, self-control and, and all those fruits. We love people that treat us terribly and we pray for them and we love them. The world would see that Jesus is in our lives. The world would see they smell good. I can eat from them. John 13, 35 says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. God wants our internal fruit to be outworked externally. Number three, fruit is always for someone else. It never exists. I just gave you a whole lot of grapes and there's more for you to take at the back when I these go at the back. It always exists for someone else. It never exists for itself unless it's rotten fruit, which will eat itself. Everlasting fruit is what God wants to come out of our lives. Others should be able to enjoy what comes from our lives and say, oh, she's tasty. Oh, he's tasty. Oh, I can go to him about this and I can go to her 
and, and talk about this. Matthew 5, 16, New King James Versions. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This is a fruit that comes out of our lives. Tori uh, told me this great story on Monday, on Tuesday, she came home and she said, oh, mum, and if you know my Tori, she's not a very outspoken, you know, we've had conversation on how to evangelize, how do you talk to someone about Jesus? She's not the, uh, you got to read your Bible, Jesus loves you, you need to get saved. She's not that sort of person. She, she displays the fruit of the Spirit. That's what she does. And uh, uh, a girl came to, one of her colleagues came to her as they were having uh, lunch together and uh, she said, Tori, I've been listening to this podcast. Now, you've got to understand this girl was a girl searching. She, she looked into Buddha, Buddhism. She, looked, she has crystals. She uh, worships the earth. She, she's trying everything. She goes, Tori, I've been listening to the podcast and it's from a, a Christian couple and um, well, she thinks it's something because she said every time they talk about kids, they talk about relationships and they talk about faith. And she goes, and I have, it's funny because I have these warm feelings after I hear these podcasts, right? And so Tori was able to go, well, you know, that's, that's a God thing. And then she's able to share with her about, you know, God. And, you know, and the girl said to her, you know, yeah, you know, you go through things and things happen at work, but you, you're never flustered. She goes, yeah, because I pray. I pray to God and ask God to help me. And she goes, yeah, I've noticed that in you, Tori. You, you have always this peace about you. And uh, so, so Tori goes, I just don't want to overload her. So I just stepped back, gave her a bit, enough to taste and go, oh, this is good. Just enough, right? Sorry, someone's going to have that one. <laughs> Two days later, she said, you know, I was listening to that podcast again and I just couldn't stop crying. She goes, but it wasn't sad cry. It was, I was happy cry. It was peaceful cry. It was, I felt good cry. And uh, I didn't feel sad at all. And she says, Tori, how do you pray? You see, when our lives display love, gentleness, patience, kindness, the fruit of the Spirit, there are people who are going to want to come and ask and take and see that your God works, that your God is real. Your God, you're getting through. How? You see, that's what fruit does. Fruit causes other people to come and see. Our lives should be bearing fruit that causes others to be nourished. Proverbs 11.30 says this. You can come, ushers. Proverbs 30, 11, sorry, 11 verses 30 says, the fruit of righteous of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. You know, when we make it our intentional goal and look for an opportunity to share the love of Jesus, the scripture says that you're a wise person. 
A wise person bears everlasting fruit. It's so smelly. (laughs) That's what a wise person does. If you live out the fruit of the Spirit in your life, people are going to come and they're going to eat and they're going to ask and your fruit is going to nourish someone else. You know, the oldest... A picture's going to come behind me. The oldest and the largest grapevine is found in Hampton Court, London. It's where the royal family have their homes. This this plant, this grapevine, was planted in 1768. Okay, so actually, the oldest and the largest. It's over 200 years old. Historians say that. The original vine goes right back to Noah's Ark days and its cuttings were taken from there. It's where that cuttings were taken. That's over 2,500 years ago. It's amazing, isn't it? Today, the grapevine is four metres around the base and the longest spur is 36.5 metres. The average crop of black grapes is 272 kilos and about 500 to 700 branches a year. In 2001, the grapevine yielded its biggest crop of 363 kilos. You see... Fed a lot of people. Made a lot of wine. That's the kind of fruit that Jesus is talking about. That it it lasts a long time. That it nourishes many. And it keeps producing. You see, recently I went back to Adelaide and we've been looking after my mum and dad's house and, and my dad's passed away and, you know, we were there and, and I never got to undress the vine. Shucks. Um, I never got to prune the vine and my siblings can do it as well. And I said to my brother, I said, it was summertime. I said, look, John, there's not one grape on this vine. And he goes, yeah, because no one pruned it. And I'm like, yeah, we didn't care for it. We didn't prune it. So it bore no fruit. I want the worship team to come. God wants us this year to bear fruit. No, not no fruit, fruit. It's only with Christ that we can do all things. It's only as we hang out with God. It's only as we hang out with Jesus in a relationship with him that we will begin to abide, bear fruit. Everything else is futile. Everything will rot away and it leads to emptiness. If you want your year to be a year, a fruitful year, then come and abide with him. Come and do it with God.
tonight I just want to spend some time in opening the altar so we can hang out, so we can abide. But I also want to give an opportunity, two things, an opportunity for those who've not even been connected to Jesus, the true vine, the one who died on the cross for you and I, the one who rose again so we can have life and life to its fullness. And tonight, if that's you, you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You've never said, I want to surrender. I want to give my life to God. I want Him to help me. I want to do life with Him, with every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to be able to give people an opportunity that tonight you have an opportunity to connect with God. He will connect with you. He will help you. He will walk with you in the good times, in the tough times. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And if that's you here tonight, if you'd like to raise your hand as I just acknowledge you and I want to pray for you. Is there anyone here tonight? And you say, yes, Nina, I want to be connected to that vine that you've talked about, which is Jesus. As I look over, perhaps you're here and you're a, Someone who's walked away from God. You've not been connected to God. You've tried to do it your own way. Tonight, I'm giving you this opportunity that you can come back and say, Jesus, I need you and I want you. If you're here tonight and you are one of these two people, I would love that opportunity if you haven't raised your hand, but you want to. I love to pray for you. And I want you to leave this place and go, I wish I had. Your heart's beating really fast. You want to, but you're scared. I encourage you. Give Jesus an opportunity to help you. He died so you can live. And I'll be happy to talk to you after the service. But I want everyone else tonight to stand. I do believe that tonight there are people here that you need to get those suckers cut from your life. You need to get rid of the bad fruit that you've been bearing. And you need to go... God, I'm leaving it at the altar today. I'm going to give it to you, God. I'm going to stop doing those things that have caused me to become fruitless. I'm going to come back to you, God, and I'm going to deal with those hurts and the bitternesses that have taken and consumed my mind, the hurts. That's all I wake up and think about. Tonight, it's called an altar because it means this. You come to the altar to be altered. And the only one who can do that is God. Give you the strength to do that, the power to overcome. So I'm going to open the altar for two, type, two people here. One, 
who are just going to come and let's hang out with God, number one. And secondly, you might be here and you need to lay some things down. The altar is open for you. So we're going to come, we're going to worship and open. Let's hang out with Jesus. Let go of some things in Jesus' name. Amen. And then I'm going to